All right. Hello and welcome to the podcast again. This is The Review and I am your host, India. And I've got a special guest today in lieu of Dom because he's MIA. Um, I would like to introduce you to Kelsey. Kelsey, 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 Kelsey. Don't don't, don't, please don't take my man. Okay. Also rude that like I felt like a dom backup. Then I need you to retract that statement. Okay. Hello. Welcome. I've got a special guest in lieu of no one. In lieu of no one. I am just a special. Who needs no extra. Complimentary. Exactly. She's supplemental to this current situation. So say hello. Hello. To our friends. Friends. The four of them. Heroes, heroes, and queeros. That's right. I was supposed to say that. Hindsight. I'll do it next time. Um, so, um, Kelsey has made us these excellent beverages of just straight up vodka. That's not true. <laughs> Tastes like it's it. It's only a little true for her. <laughs> I'm tequila. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Distinction. Um, so let's start off with a little intro. Um, a little bit about how we met, what we remember. Okay. Um, <laughs> I felt like a little Okay, good. Yeah, okay, your yeah. feelings are correct cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and valid. Yeah. Um. So a throwback pride party. Twenty twenty one. One. We're at a party. We're at a party. Yeah. Just pride in it up. Just walked in, and then you don't remember this part, but Dom was like, "This is Kelsey." Mm-hmm. And you were distracted. Hannah was yelling at Dom. Mm. And you grabbed my hand. <laughs> this We said no words to each other. You grabbed my hand and you said, listen, I have a question for you. Oh, God. Of the two of us, you were oh, pointing yeah, at Hannah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you said, which one is daddy? Yeah. Mind you, this is a stranger. These two people are strangers yeah. to me. And so I looked and... I you had on a um, like rainbow baseball jersey unbuttoned yeah. with like a tank underneath, very gay. Very gay. In your classic ponytail, of course. Hannah, on the other hand, had like skinny jeans on, full face of makeup, full face of makeup, Literally t-shirt that was like a medium, <laughs> tucked into her pants with a nice yeah. belt, mm-hmm. and you know whose belt that was? It was mine. I dressed her. <laughs> She dressed herself, but I did provide the belt. You provided the yeah, belt, which, which was critical to critical. my decision. decision. Yes, yeah, so naturally I said, the person with the ponytail is daddy. Yeah. Um, and that's that was that was it, I think. That was the only interaction I think we had. Probably. I'm a different person at parties, which is something to be noted. That's fair. I mean. I turn into a whole different. You've got to turn on. I'm flighty. When you're in that. Yeah. In that space yeah. with lots of strangers. I have like three eight counts per person. When I'm <laughs> <laughs> I like that you've you've broken it down to like a specific yeah. timing. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's a symphony in my head. It's respectful. constantly. Going. I like that. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that. It's good. You got it. Good. Um, so what I want to know. <laughs> I can't tell you. Is yeah, you don't remember, but I, really I still don't. want I still want to know. Like when you do remember but what was the first thing. I didn't even ask the question. I already have it. I don't what remember was the, the first, first memory that I have of you. Thought that you had when you saw me. I'm trying to remember 
when the first time that we hung out that I was not super, super drunk for. And that is where I'm drawing. (laughs) I know that I've always been like, India's love, India's life. (laughs) But I don't know when it happened. Which I think is something to take note of because it's like you've always it feels, yeah, like a blur. Like it's always been in my life, which I think is really beautiful. That is beautiful. <laughs> amazing. Oh You're going to make me cry. I know. Anyway, well... well oh, Grapevine. It was Grapevine. It had to be a Grapevine. Probably. So Grapevine is like great. this bar yeah. in Dallas that's like yeah. a little indoor, a little outdoor. They have a basketball court mm-hmm. and string lights. Yes, yeah, so I'm telling my story now because okay, I remember go, Sorry. Um, it was a great by night and mm-hmm. Dom was like, I'm going to bring my friend to India and I was like, cool, can't wait to meet her. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been um, after this right, party yeah, that correct. I described. And then you and Dom got there early and then LL and I showed up, LL, my best friend, and I showed up and you were wearing your Ivy Park mm. um, and you were just so... Which Ivy Park? The denim. Which denim Ivy Park? The jumpsuit. Oh, okay, naturally, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah My yeah. boiler the suit. Cowboy mm-hmm. release. Okay. <laughs> it's actually um, called Ivy Park Rodeo, but right. I'm not gonna I'm not I gonna pick I'm not gonna pick I at it. That's what I said. Um yeah, and I was like, man, she's super smart when she speaks. Like I just loved your takes on everything. It was just such a fresh point of view. Granted, it was so similar to mine in a lot of ways, but you <laughs> no, just no. seem a little more like chill when you say your shit. Instead of me being like, You're a fucking idiot mm-hmm. doing A, B, C, and D. You're like why you're, you're a fucking idiot, idiot. Yes. yeah and so i was like oh my god what a smart human being that's a trauma response for me yeah because when i do do that mm-hmm. when i really put in my my energy and emotion into it yeah. i'm the angry and black, black girl woman. so just learn to just say the thing that i'm thinking yeah. a little bit toned down mm-hmm. and i've noticed that the gringos really get uncomfortable when i do that so yeah. i just kind of roll that's with good. it i'm a like sometimes I'll be chill. Of course, chill. yeah. Sometimes I'll be spicy. Keep them on their toes. Yeah, on their They'll toes. never know. Don't try to read me. <laughs> Don't try to read me. I like me. that. You're an enigma. I am wrapped in a puzzle, baby. Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice. That's a nice first thought. I know. And yours was that I'm daddy. So it was that you're daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us was wrong. Correct. So that's good. Yeah. And so yeah, that basically ended up with many more hangs. And lots of exciting combos, lots of exciting um, experiences, so lots of karaoke, which I'm not upset about. There's a machine over there we can party after we're Yeah, here. after this. Probably yeah. One at a time, yeah, one yeah, at a yeah, time, yeah. one at a time. Um, cool. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for coming to my home to have me on your podcast. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, you know, I was so cool. by myself doing nothing at home, so I figured let's do it. Yeah. Um, awesome. So... Since you're here, what I have noticed in our friendship as of today <laughs> is that we we both have um, a plethora of religious trauma. Yeah. And I think that's something I would really like for us to like yeah. talk about some more in a recorded setting. Oh my God. So that we can listen back and also have a little paper trail, mm-hmm. digital footprint. Yeah. So in case anyone's like, what? Religious trauma? Who? Her? You just send them a link to this episode. And my religious trauma right now is literally like, oh my god, Jesus is gonna listen to this when he's deciding whether I get it. <laughs> yeah. No. It's like a whole ass receipt is this, for when I die. It's like a receipt and an application yeah. for entry at the right. same time. Like, but where am I applying to enter? The pearly gates. Conversation. <laughs> the pearly gates. Oh, okay. 
is that Peter? He's just like gonna be like, mm, you seemed a little like not on board when you were having the conversation. Is Peter associated with the gates? I think he might be the one. I think he's the he's the OG gatekeeper. He's I the think. gatekeeper. <laughs> Honestly, isn't he the one that um, denied Jesus like three times? I thought that was Judas. No, Judas is the one with like the pieces of I silver. He did all of who like? Well, I mean, honestly, that seems like <laughs> what really they want us to think. He was just the. He was. The, am I the drama? <laughs> oh no! Absolutely, he's the drama. Judas is the drama. But then I think so. Judas after Jesus. So this is what I'm hitting on. Yeah. A little background. My dad. And his dad are both Baptist pastors. So that's where I'm coming from. Judas deceives Jesus, turns him in, kills himself out of guilt. Jesus killed himself? I think he did, yeah. You're lying. I'm pretty sure. When did he write his book then? He has a book. The the book of Judas? Yeah, and they're keeping it on lock. But I'm remembering. I wonder what's in it. Is it online? I'm going to Google it because that's got to be the best book. I feel like if it's in the Vatican, you can't find it online. Maybe you don't think they have a scanner that comes to scan it onto the internet? I don't think they will because it's probably like, this bro is not real. Um, But no, I get what you're saying because I think there was the whole thing that was like, by the end of the night, one of you will deceive me, one of you will deny me three times. And that was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like, whoever dips their little fingies in this bowl with me (laughs) is going to betray me. And then this other dude is going to yeah. deny me three times. Yeah. And I think that was Peter. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, so Peter's the one that's the gatekeeper and also the Jesus denier, but so, then ended up like getting crucified as well. Peter got crucified? I think he got crucified upside down. I don't even know what happened to these people. I mean, after, yeah. Yeah, like it's he not went to heaven and just left them all to fend for themselves. I mean, he, he, he came back. And then re- went back up. Because then he became a raisin. And then he went back up. Right. And was like, just wanted to come back, say hi. Um, and that seems like kind of shitty behavior. Honestly, that fuck. felt like a little petty yeah, to me. And little. let me hit back on this religious trauma. Um, these thoughts that we're exchanging right now, mm-hmm. I had as a child, as yeah. a youth in church. Yeah. And um, those were the thoughts that also got me kicked out of church sometimes. Oh, wow. Um, because it was this, the other concept was... How, and, you know, I'm sorry, Jesus, if you're listening. <laughs> he is. Um, Spoiler alert. He's but, here. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, your dad is, like, supposed to be omnipotent, right? Like, all-powerful, all-knowing. Mm-hmm. And a merciful a merciful person. But, like, when? Yeah. And also, how can the Bible say he's both merciful and jealous yeah. and petty? And... Like, when we flooded the earth. Like, like, he flooded the earth. It. Flooded, like, flooded the The earth. whole earth. Like, the whole earth yeah, got flooded. Yeah, and he's like, I'm gonna send my son to save you. And his son literally was like, if there is any other way, he's like, mm, no. No, like, sorry. Like, run everything and <laughs> it's, right. it's like, I so have like, the I power know. of the universe. It's like Doctor Strange. And like, yet my hands are tied. It's literally in-game high key. When he's like, there are 800 million ways. But there's but, only one. And it's like, no, motherfucker. That doesn't, seem, that doesn't seem correct. Especially if you follow the logic of Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty? Yeah, there's an infinite amount of universes, an infinite amount of possibilities. And only, like, it, there could be so many solutions to one problem if you just do a little change slightly through. Really? 
I just don't like so many questions. And why did he have to die on a cross? Like I understand that you want him to die so that he could rise again and be like, the, ah, yeah, he made it. But like, why a cross? Those like, are the Romans. I think. Just like you got to talk to the Romans about that because they're the ones that were into the crucifying. Well, they did like a whole fall thing too. I don't know if you heard, but they did not last. Oh, <laughs> you don't say? <laughs> they're not still here. I well, I mean technically. I mean technically, they're kind of Italian. Like, well, no, yeah, like it's still a place. It's, it's Rome. It's not the empire that they were. Correct. Yeah. Um, and that's a whole other conversation. But I did watch this show. I, I think my Adderall is wearing off. <laughs> <laughs> There's this show on Netflix called Barbarians. Ooh. It's actually really interesting, but it's kind of highlighting the start of the, dec- the decline of the empire mm-hmm. where, like, the Germanic people are fighting back, and then they're like, whoa, wait, these savages actually kind of beat us a little bit. What do we do? But irrelevant, irrelevant. Okay, before we start about the irrelevance of that, can we talk about how Napoleon was not actually that short? This is a tall tale. Um, I literally, literally, I went to Italy with my mom. Actually, you should fact check this before I start saying anything. I'm going to say it anyway, but you still fact check this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I was like, yeah, little man syndrome. Ah." And she was like, no, he was like five, eight. Like that's like a pretty normal sized human. Um, or he was like tall for his time. I don't know. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm also making this up and he was four eleven. Five six. See, that's not tiny. That's taller than me. Yeah. That's not like little man, especially back then. I feel like that's a tall dude. Ooh, wait, Peter the Great was six, eight. That's not a human. That's a monster. That's a monster. Wasn't that? Wait, yeah. I think actually, yeah. He, All right. Bring it back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Religious trauma. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So Peter the gatekeeper, yeah. Judas the betrayer, yeah. um, and Jesus, who is... Basically Destiny Child. Basically, yeah. The dynamic trio. Yeah. What I will say here, and I saw this on TikTok that made me want to like dig into it more. Mm-hmm. And I noticed this in church, but after after getting kicked out a few times, I was like, maybe I shouldn't ask sure. him more questions. Yeah. Um, there's like a big gap in the Bible around Jesus prepubescent. What was he doing for 30 years? Like, where was tween Jesus? No. Where was, was teen Jesus? Born in Bethlehem, and then he was turning water into wine. All of a sudden. Where did you go? He's, what, were you an asshole? Did you get suspended from school? Were you hooking up with women? Like, what were you doing, baby G? Like, so, I need to know. My understanding, or how I understood it before I looked into it, was Jesus was born, mm-hmm. and then he was like four or five, and they lost him. Mary and Joseph lost him for a second, and then they found him like preaching to people. And then. All of a sudden, he's a grown man recruiting disciples at the beach. And it's, I don't know, they left that part out. Apparently. Why I think he was a cult leader. Well, okay, now we can talk about that. Because, yeah, I mean, by definition, he he was a cult leader. Like, it was a Everything that's written about him is somehow like super positive. Isn't that interesting? It is. And it's like he was so ahead of his time. (laughs) (laughs) Trendsetter? Like the original influencer. got like really intelligent people that knew how to like put pen to paper he had a great marketing team that's what it was good marketing Mm -hmm. team and like they didn't write anything bad about him they were just like he was preaching when he was six well you know what they did they got everyone to write and then they just filtered out all the ugly stuff that's the thing that's why judas's book is hidden and that's what i'm i forgot i was googling that yeah um the gospel of judas it's a it's a gnostic gospel 
Did you? I learned recently what, that there's like agnostic and gnostic. 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 <laughs> there's like German. Probably. Yeah. Um. So you didn't learn. I, it's you know like when you read a headline and you're yeah. like, I got it. And now it's like, <laughs> then you bring it up. There and you're is like, a difference. Wait a second. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, there's a difference. Look it up. Is what I'm trying to say. You have a look it up. <laughs> no, you're right. I got a computer. We here. are sitting in front of a computer that she has been using to look up. Gnostic. Everything except for what she said that she knew. Yeah. Okay. We didn't need that additional <laughs> feedback, but thanks. Sidebar. I'm glad that was recorded. You're welcome. Okay. <clears throat> Agnosticism is the idea or philosophy that something such as a deity cannot or should not be known. Okay. Gnosticism. <laughs> it's like, ugh, no wonder that word it's is so not easy. known. It's like gnocchi, but it's the, yeah. uh, the bad version the of bad it. The bad version. Gno- gnosticism. Now I'm gnocchi. Is, I never had, <gasps> stop okay, distracting okay, go, me. Go, go, go. Gnosticism (laughs) is the idea or philosophy that something such as a human or even divine spirit can and should be known. So like everyone who is religious is Gnostic? So there's, it was broken down into a quadrant. So like there's one quadrant where you can be agnostic and Gnostic where like you don't believe in God, but you believe that there is something. But you believe that it can be known, like a deity could be out there, but you don't know. Yeah. There's another quadrant where you don't believe and you don't know that anything is out there. Oh. Then there's you believe and you don't know, which okay. I don't want to dig into because I don't get it. And then there's where you do believe and you do know, and those are the, the so Bible Belt. the religious alphabet mafia. I mean, probably. It sounds about right. Gnostic. Gnostic. So book is Gnostic. Yeah, that's that was the, that's what we were talking so about. Yeah, basically, it's that it's Judas did believe that Jesus was God. Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they said that. I think that was Wikipedia, so maybe that was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Can't rely on that as truth. Anyway, yeah. Um, Judas was actually Jesus's best friend. Besties. That makes it worse. A little bit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> No wonder trust issues are so real, you know? So real. The original trauma. The original trauma Mm -hmm. and cults, yes. Yeah. So uh, technically, like, before it was a formalized religion, it was a cult because there was a smaller following. It wasn't, like, globally followed. So you're right. Yeah, he was a cult leader. I wouldn't say he's the first one because Egypt, ancient Egypt, pre-Jesus had cults. Yeah, but this is the first, I think, like, super heavily recorded one. And like again, super sorry, God, mm-hmm. Jesus. I know you're listening, and this is just something that I think about every now and then. Yeah, but like it's kind of sketch that it was like <laughs> literally all we have is word of mouth, and it's like only positive word of mouth. Like we know the entire history of the Roman Empire, and no one from the entire Roman Empire wanted to write about this guy. That is that my question, and that's why I started watching a bunch of Roman stuff like Barbarians because yeah. I was hoping maybe there would be some reference to yeah. them murdering a man on a cross. He's like a footnote in the Roman Empire story. And like not even that, more like an asterisk, but yeah. like with vague a vague description, yeah. like Jewish man on <laughs> stapled to wood and that's it, full stop. Yeah. 
I don't. I want to know more as to why they I thought feel that like wasn't. They've been like, yeah, we like killed this dude. <laughs> it was fine, but then like he came back, and that was weird. Like, like that's the part too. You're like, like, why is no one else saying he came back except for this? And they are well book. known to have written everything, everything down, and they didn't think like, hey, maybe this man's body disappearing from a sealed tomb this wasn't was like something. It's like, oh, just another Tuesday. Yeah. Well, I guess Sunday, but true. Like. I just, I, the math isn't mathing, and it's definitely worth looking into. That's what I'm saying. Because, yeah, like you said, it's word of mouth. Like, every book, every gospel was written by a dude that followed him, and yeah, just. There's, like, no, oh, uh, there's no alternate thing. I'm going to pause. We've got, uh, we've got door Okay, so this is the secret part of the podcast that Kelsey doesn't know about. Um, and I didn't really have anything planned for this part. Um, I'm just trying to test out the audio. Because <laughs> I realized after listening back, um, she sounds like she's sitting across the room and she's literally sitting across from me. So, interesting. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Part D. Back in action. Including Chick-fil-A nugs and fries. We've got our Jesus food. Um, I've rotated the sound. I rotated the mic, so I'm going to sound different, but hopefully you'll sound a little bit I'd better. like to be a part of the narrative. Yeah. I Let mean, me know I'll if you can hear me. That. Reply in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so what were we talking about? Religious trauma. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Wow. Um, you did that like a Baptist pastor. I know. Mm-hmm. I had lots of experience. That was really impressive. I used to practice. Aw. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, well. Yeah, so we were talking about how um, there feels like there's like a huge gap between childhood Jesus and yeah. grown Jesus. Yeah. And I would like to touch upon that because I watched this TikTok. Mm-hmm. I watched this TikTok. And it made me want to look into it. So there is a certain gospel of called the Gospel of Thomas. Thomas. Yes. So he wrote about young Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting. I pulled up a couple of little. Um, it says pages. in the. It isn't in the big book though. It's not in the big book. Wow. It's one of the He's an addendum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the throwaways. Suggested reading. <laughs> yeah, not required, but good to ca- good to know. Like an Amazon ad on the side of the page when you're buying the Bible. It's like, we think you might also might be also interested like in... 12th page. Of the Book of Tomas. Description. Yeah. Um, and what I noticed just by skimming this, this gospel is um, it seems like it's <laughs> just more of the same stuff where like every chap every verse is Jesus said this Jesus said this you know when he was like blessed are the meek because they'll inherit the earth I'm That's pretty sure he whole... said that again another thing we need to talk about mm-hmm. like these people are just writing their stories about Jesus and decided to break them down in like verses 
who chose that Jesus wept is a verse? Um, you know, like, and why? I can't. Like, as they're writing, are they writing in verses? And, like, who was the lazy bum that was like, Jesus wept is all I have left to give right now, today? That's, I, like, I, that reaches my daily max. I'm done here. I'm at capacity. Yeah. Yeah, a great question. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, like, it just feels like a really weird way to, like, record a book. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make sure that everyone can get exactly to where they need to be when they know that they need to be there. So, like, let's just break it down into verse. But it's not like a fun song verse where it rhymes. It's well, just like a stupid verse that makes no sense. Maybe that was something that happened later. I mean, Shakespeare didn't write in verses. I don't. I mean, I just want to throw that out there. Between the Bible and Shakespeare, was there? I, I, I don't know. Well. <laughs> I really don't know. Chaos. You are chaos. <laughs> I assume there was. <laughs> but here's the thing. Back to the Gospel of Thomas. <laughs> There's this story about young Jesus that I don't know if we should be um, concerned. Probably. Um, but it definitely gives you some insight as to maybe why this book didn't get included <laughs> in the good book, you know? And that story goes something like this. So there was a young Jesus chilling, hanging out in a, a what's called a ford of water, out of like a puddle. I don't know. He was playing in some water. I'm sorry, a fjord? No, spelled ford. Like a pickup truck of water? Ford, yeah. Okay. Multiverse, keep going. Anyway, so he's playing in the water, doing what I guess kids do, young Jesus, and this other kid comes up and just like splashes mud in the water or something. Bitch. Rude, but also, you know. Kid. Kids. Kids will be kids. Um, and what would be a response that you would expect from that? From another child? Yeah. Splash water back. Splash water back. Um, uh, Jesus killed him, huh? Maybe throw a tantrum. Um, call your mom. I don't know. Jesus called his dad, huh? Cry. <laughs> Jesus, in fact, called his, fa- called his father. And he said, Dad, um, so this kid just splashed mud on me. And what you know what needs to happen now? He needs to be cursed and die. <laughs> Smite. And so that's what he did. He cursed this child. He smited another kid. And the child died. Bro, that's sketch. It's a bit extreme. It's a bit And before he, before they could even be saved. Like, Jesus <laughs> hadn't died yet. <laughs> so, like, yeah. he knew this motherfucker was Let's destined do. for eternal damnation. And he said... That's ugly. Business is business. Business is business. Don't splash in my puddle again. <laughs> and you won't be condemned. And with the bull. Get the horn. <laughs> exactly. Wow. And it gives you a little insight as to why maybe we don't know too much about prepubescent and freshly pubescent Jesus. Yeah. Because that was prepubescent. Can you imagine... When I'm sure when Jesus, hormones Jesus, are raging. Jesus was not immune to puberty, I'm sure. No. And I don't know about you, but emotions ran high. Yeah. They ran high and hot. Yeah. And I can only imagine what teen Jesus would have done. It just feels very like privileged rich kid is what Jesus feels like, especially now that we're talking out. And let me let me dig deeper into this. Mm-hmm. A, he killed this kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> B, he grows up knowing that he is the only son of God. Mm-hmm. Like, this man has he a complex. Knew. And then third, and this is the most important. This is genuinely the most important thing in the world. Like, he died for our sins. Cool. Totally get it. The pitch is, if you accept me as your savior, you're going to go to heaven. Like, you don't have to do anything else. 
and but admit that I am the most important man that ever walked the earth. And ask for forgiveness. From me, the most important man who ever walked the earth. So and even if you ask forgiveness. A child murderer. Right. But even if I were like, ah, God, Jesus, please forgive me. Had I not taken Jesus into my heart as my savior prior, I still would not go to heaven. Like, that's baseline. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're going through it, repeat after me. I accept you, Jesus, into my heart as my savior. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, are you good? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you need this much validation? That's really what it, I mean, okay, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. Jesus is on earth as a representation of his omnipotent dad. Yeah. How can you be both omnipotent and incredibly insecure? Bro, facts. Because all of this feels like lashing out Mm -hmm. because you've got some insecurity issues, which therapy would be great for. But if you're omnipotent, you probably don't think you need therapy. Well, this is the same as like God has a path for you, but free will exists. Right? Like, how does that work? And so when I was in the church and I was trying to, like, come to terms with this, mm-hmm. I always looked at it as, like, a Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure book. Like, mm-hmm. do you remember those from childhood mm-hmm. where you'd read a page and it'd be like, if you want to walk down this tunnel, go to page 32. Mm-hmm. If you choose to ignore the tunnel, go to page 64. And so because I'm, like, I'm not a blind faith person, I've never been a blind faith person, I had to find a way to, like, regulate in my mind how those can coexist. Yeah. And that's what I landed on. But then, like, thinking about it as I get older, like, I could sin until the fucking cows come home. And if I'm faced, God forbid, in an instance where I'm like, I'm probably going to die in the next 10 minutes, I could be like, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. And then, boom, I'm yeah, in heaven. You're good. Are you kidding? Like, I knew. And I've spent 25 years of my life being an asshole. But now that I know it's game time, game time I'm like, I accepted him a minute ago. Are we still good? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Next. Like, yeah. And that's so sketchy. It doesn't sound like... It's got much integrity. No. And I and based on this logic, you would think maybe this isn't built to last. But here we are. There have been crusades for this thing. Crusades. And integrity is such a rich term for them to use because even if you look at the church, like, A, you know, we are all sinners. That's the whole pitch, right? Mm-hmm. We're all sinners. Some of us are at least fucking honest about it. And that's the thing. You're going to sit here and be in a church and be holier than thou mm-hmm. on Sunday. And, like, there's a whole TikTok trend, you know. And one of my friends sent me one today, and I'll send it to you later. But it was, like, um, my mom 10 minutes after she whooped my ass in the church parking lot. And she's, like, our God is an awesome God. Like, as soon as they're in those chur- those four walls, mm-hmm. those two and a half hours it's that they're there, they are a different person. As soon as they leave, it's, like, did you see what Carol was wearing today? Yeah. Like, are, what... At least own up to your shit. Like, quit yeah. acting holier than thou. But I think that's what the the whole ideology ide- oh my god ideology yeah, has reinforced, mm-hmm. right? It's like this whole concept of just squeeze that repentance in right there to Once with, a week. in that sweet spot, and you'll be good to go yeah. any other time that you want to act a fool. Like, do whatever you want as long as you save Sunday for. Eight to two, yeah. For Jesus. Eight to two. It's the it's a five yes. hours. It's a five hour freaking uh, sermon with the one hour altar call. You can't forget about Bible study before like before yeah, yeah, yeah. church. It was fun when you were a kid though. 
you're just colored and stuff. As yeah, a teenager, as a it got weird. Yeah. As an adult, it was like, hell no. And then you have your lunch really afterwards. Is. Yeah, and then if you um, are, like, really in with the church people, then you have dinner after that, too. Yeah. Like, that was the thing I'm, with my dad and my grandpa. Like, we would go to, we'd have breakfast at church. They would bring, like, pastries. Ooh, that's cool. Not, like, real breakfast. Yeah, but, like, but still. Yeah, well, something to snack on. And then we would do Bible ch- Early Bible study. Yeah. Which, oh, it just seems so redundant. Like, why? Why, why am I Bible studying before you teach have, me the Bible? Why is there a pre-church before church? Correct. I don't understand. And if I'm a child and I want to be in Bible study, let me do it while y'all are in the big kids sermon. Can you not squeeze everything into and one And you know session? what my biggest trigger is? Let me tell you. Praise and worship. I have a good time. I love me a good sing song. I love a good karaoke. Like, let's have a jam sesh. It is after the song finishes... And we're three eight counts once the song is done. The music's playing, and the pastor goes, let's hear that one again. Let's hear it Let's again. hear it again. Let's hear it again. And they're all tone deaf. They're tone deaf as fuck. So they're like, our God is an awesome God. He reigns. And you're like, no, this isn't for you, first off. And second off, the song's over. The song's over, good sir. The song is done. Like, are you just trying to run through your sermon again? Is this like a last-minute study sesh for you? But I don't need to sing the same thing for 45 minutes. Like, I stopped feeling it after a minute and a half. And that's not to mention that it the praise and worship usually includes like three or four songs. So many songs. And they do that with like every one of those Three songs. and four is like generous. Like, I it's would go up to five, much. six, seven, maybe. It's too much. Too much. It's they're already repetitive. It's you're saying the same thing in every song. Yeah. First of all, uh, doesn't he get the message? He gets the message. And it's like we're not only going to sing about it, then we're going to talk about it some more. Then after we're going to pray just about it. About singing yeah. before that, and then we're going to pray about it. But we're all going to like get up in front and hold hands and pray about it together. Yeah. And then we can't forget about the money. Cough it up. And you know what? Mm, especially with these mega churches nowadays, like, are you sitting here and telling me that, like, you are a pastor with eight children, and each one of your children is here with a new iPad wearing seven jeans, but you are doing God's work? You're rolling up in a fucking Tesla, you know, on Sunday morning. You have your personal jet. Mm-hmm. It's not a slight at you. I'm just saying, you worked for your Tesla. They are speaking to the people and getting paid for it. Like, I could speak to people and get paid yeah. for it. How do I sign up? Like, you're a public servant. Like, you're supposed to be serving. You the are people. supposed to leave a secular lifestyle. That's the whole pitch. Like, live like Jesus, mm-hmm. be secular, but they, like, don't know how anymore. Or they know what it is, but they also know they want money. They're like, God has blessed me with God this. God has blessed me yeah. and my family with this huge church that I lock the doors to any poor people. During hurricanes, <laughs> During perhaps, hurricanes. Mr. Uh, Joel Osteen, I'm talking to you. I'm going to inject a bunch of stuff in my face, Mr. Joel Osteen. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to act like all of this was brought forth to me by God. And they just, like, truly wonder why our generation and the generation below us are fleeing the church in masses. It's like, how do you not see why we're fleeing the church? Like, apart from the way you're behaving, just your thought process. Like, how am I supposed to love my neighbor, but only sometimes? You know, like, you can be having an affair, but my gayness is going to send me to hell. Like, you don't get to pick and choose what you want to stand on. Mm -hmm. And you can't act confused that we want to leave because you can't make up your mind Mm -hmm. on what the book means. Yeah, I mean, it's a cycle where, like, they, the way that they do it is, like, you ask the questions, you get a, an answer that 
makes you have to go back again for questions, like to get more answers. And then you get conflicting answers. And then when you try to get clarity, then you're being, um, you're being a problem for yeah. the church, for the word of God yeah. or whatever. And so when you tell me someone who's struggling with my sexuality in middle school, that being gay is an abomination and you're doomed for it. Did you really think saying that was going to be flip a switch in my head and say, well, I guess I'm going to get with a guy now Yeah. because that is not what happened. Mm -mm, (laughs) And let's say it did happen. Could you imagine the misery for everyone involved in that? Just so that you can say that you are, have, have, converted someone to a righteous path and it's that hate that hate the sin love the sinner bullshit and that only seems to apply to homosexuality isn't that interesting because any other time any other time adultery murder even it's like oh no you'll you'll be fine but like you guys are actively sinning by being gay and i'm like Okay, but you're sinning too. Like, I don't care if you are a member of the cloth, you're having sexual thoughts sometime. And that in itself is the sin. So, like, don't make it... And I use sin very loosely, quote-unquote, because it's like, you... Who gets to say? Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's so nuanced. And, like, not to bring it up, but I'm gonna bring it up. Um, Abortion being the only fucking ground you want to stand on politically is an issue. Nothing in the book mentions anything about it. And yet you would allow immigrants to be broken up from their family members black people to be shot unconstitutionally women to lose all rights to their body over the death of a matter of cells just a grouping of cells that was never mentioned in the bible yet as soon as that grouping of cells becomes human life you're like "Mm -mm, hands off hands clean that's the thing let's talk about this too because and i it's what really is like disgusting is how quick these switches flip. You literally, like, let's talk about Gregonor Albatross, okay? I'm gonna talk about him. Is that Greg Abbott? Yeah, the governor of Texas. Y'all hear this Chick-fil-A in my mouth? I really do not support the church, but I do <laughs> support Chick-fil-A. Like that, yeah, know. you know. Anyway, so Greg Abbott, he wrote a letter from the governor's office to President Biden or whatever about how, how dare you um, try to provide laws that require us to give baby formula to immigrants. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, mm-hmm. hold on. Because mm-hmm. this is what's funny to me. Because he starts the letter, I read the first bit before I got upset, and I just stopped. He said, he said that basically we need to value our, the children in Texas. They are our biggest priority. We need to hold them up and for us to just give baby formula to immigrants, we are ignoring the needs of these children. Now keep that in mind, right? Because I later scroll down and I also see that Mr. Greg Abbott is the same one who's saying about how we are just, we are doing a disservice to our children, is now also saying that he thinks that children should not be required to get an education. Yeah. He says... Immigrant children should not, no. That immigrant children, and by extension, all children in Texas, Mm -hmm. should not have to be educated. And I'm not, you know, that is another ploy to reinforce power, but it's also incredibly racist and classist. Um, But it's like the... 
the contradiction and this is what I because okay so I have a list of podcast topics that I have in my phone and one of them was that humans will cling to their fictions mm-hmm. no matter what and this I think is one of those yeah. examples where he has deluded himself so much that he is saying one thing saying another thing that completely contradicts himself and he does not see the issue he doesn't notice the contradiction because his fiction is all of this is right and white is right and no immigrants <laughs> and also no food for people because yeah. we're going to hold them up at the border because we think they have drugs but really it's just and we're going to take our children the children from their parents and it's like yeah. it's so astounding to me because it genuinely and i know that everyone everyone in their own mind thinks that they have the right answers right like that's just the nature of human beings like you believe that your opinion is the truth mm-hmm. I, for the life of me, cannot understand this thought process. And you know, like, you and I are both very, like, we like to debate. We love to have the conversations. And I like to debate with people on the other side, Mm -hmm. as long as you have facts to support your shit. But, like, this one I cannot, for the life of me, wrap my head around. And, like, because I was adopted, too, it's so interesting to me because I'm like, you have 5,000, like, so many kids. Like, probably, I think it's, like, 500,000 kids in America right now in foster care. And you're sitting here saying that, no, everyone should have kids, but everyone in your family was born from your wife's vagina, so unless you're going to start picking up these kids, shut the fuck up about it. And then it's the argument of, like, they don't get to make their choice. No, they don't, and they don't know that they don't get to make their choice. And not to be on, like, a I never wish I was born kick because I love my life, Mm -hmm. but, like, you don't know what you don't have. You never know what you don't have. That's the whole concept like that's the whole being of living that's why we're searching for things to experience ignorance is bliss ignorance is bliss so if i'm a fucking fetus that goes back to god or wherever i'm going i have no thought process like i'm not like ah fuck her i didn't get the chance like what what are you like it's amazing it's amazing that you are telling us have kids Pop them out as much as possible. We're not going to provide for you financially. No. You maternity leave, pshaw. Mental support, pshaw. Figure it out, single mother. There's a tax on diapers. How a are... tax on di- a luxury tax on diapers, nonetheless. Like what? I, it's it's baffling, but it's also not necessarily baffling when you think about really the whole point is to keep us in poverty. Mm-hmm. And as long as people keep having kids that they can't support they will continue to stay in poverty. But what's also interesting, and I heard this recently, was that a majority of the women that get abortions already have kids, which means that mm. they have the they have kids. And they now know. They know. And yeah. they're at the point where another kid will negatively impact the kids, that, the lives of the yeah. kids that they already have. So in that sense, what's your argument, sir? And, like, the Supreme Court draft was so funny to me for so many reasons. Like, it was heartbreaking, but it was also just, like, the way that they were pulling their shit was just, like, this can't be real life. Mm -hmm. Because one of the big pitches was that, like, by allowing abortion, you're therefore diminishing the African-American race. Like, that was his argument, is that, like, you're taking away from the growth of the African-American population with the assumption that most of the people that get abortions are African-American women. But the most ironic thing about that is that if African-American women were to give birth, we are three times more likely to die in childbirth Mm -hmm. or pre-childbirth before a white woman is. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, so you do care about, you know, suddenly all of a sudden you want to make America black again. Yeah, where did this come from? 
But you're not going to spend any money trying to figure out why black women are carrying and delivering different. It doesn't make sense because you're saying you're giving a quality of life argument for a bundle of cells and literally disregarding the quality of life of children and adults that are already on this mm-hmm. earth who are living in poverty who, are who have sh- conscious thought who have conscious thought who are actually being directly impacted by the policies that you already have out here where you can, you have to report a parent of a trans child like of trans children oh yeah and like how can you say that you care for the lives of children and then detain children in cages Put taxes on the the goods and and their needs, baby formula, diapers. And then also say, oh, minimum wage? No, I'm not even going to bump that shit up. No need. You don't need to. No. And then it's just like, (laughs) I just can't even imagine because there's also an argument of like, you know, I've been, I'm on this forum for like people, employees in tech to like, who just talk about stuff with their companies. But when this, um. When this document came out, um, they started talking about it too, and it was absurd um, and frustrating. But what I kept seeing a lot of was like, women make this mistake, so they need to deal with the consequences. <laughs> and I'm like, it takes two to tango, bruh. First of all, it takes two to tango. Right. No one is talking about the men that are impregnating women. No. Or what is like. I, uh, and then they also like want to diminish the rape and incest argument, mm. and th- because they say it's such a small percentage. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right? Okay. So what you're saying is, even if you do, if you find yourself a victim of rape and inc- or, or incest, and you find yourself pregnant, too bad. Yeah. So you're saying that even that small percentage doesn't deserve a, a choice. They're saying it's a blessing. They said it was a. They blessing. say it's a blessing, and Can it's you- like. The argument that males are giving, first off, don't fucking talk about it. And I will <laughs> I will die on this goddamn ground. If you do not have a uterus, shut the fuck up about it. If you know women mm-hmm. in your life, if you talk to women, if you have female friends, shut the fuck up about it unless they want to talk about it. Concede it's not your place. Women, like concede to what the women Concede to what the women saying. want. I don't care how positive your intent is. I don't care how much you want to educate. I can guarantee you that the women in your life already know, and you just need to shut up about it. There's no need to... You're preaching at the wrong demographic here. Correct. The thing is, like, especially even if you're pro-choice, you should not be going into a space with all women and telling us how we need to be feeling or what we should be doing moving forward from this uh, leaked article or document. What you need to be doing is going to the people in your lives, the people that have not heard about this or don't have feelings or thoughts about it and preach to them. Correct. I'm not the one. No, you know, I'm already in that lane. So like, like, stay out of it. Like, stop, get out of here with your fucking savior complex. The job is done. The job is done. We don't need it. Additionally, for straight men, especially, Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of arguments that are like, don't I get a choice? No, you don't. You know why? Because you can leave and you leave a lot of times will. And you you know who's saddled with the burden of that child? Mm -hmm. The woman. And it's not even just like a financial burden. It's not just a psychological burden. It can wreck your body. Mm -hmm. It can wreck your body. It could wreck your mentality. It's a mental health issue, too. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, okay, you as a man do want to have the child and sure it should be a discussion, but 
whether it's a discussion or not, at the end of the day, it is not your body to decide. You can make your desires known, and yeah. that's perfectly fine. You have to trust your relationship with your partner. A hundred percent. But you're not gonna you don't get to make it. The, just the final decision. No, and you have to come to terms with that. And that's the problem with our country as a whole. Men just have such a fucking fragility that is just astounding in so many ways. But that's a conversation that's neither here nor I mean, there. it's amazing the delusions that they have no. around their own masculinity and their ego. They're privileged. And even to the point where they don't even know it, they just find themselves being reactive to people just because they've said something that have made them slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. My whole life is discomfort. Yeah. Welcome to the five minutes. Five mm. minutes you get in this club. Yeah. When literally it's me 24-7. And it's a chosen five minutes, which is more ironic, right? Mm. Like, you, you and I are sitting here across from each other. We are black queer people, right? Like, you're mask presenting. I'm androgyny presenting more often than not. Mm. And it's like, we don't get the option to turn off our minorities. We don't get to turn off our oppression because our oppression is very visible. Yeah. If you could sit there and sit in a space where you could pass as quote unquote the standard, mm -hmm. you don't get to be oppressed. I'm sorry. That's just the argument. And like, that's it. Yeah. That's case in point. If you actively, especially, are trying to pass in a space that may not be your internal space, but it's a space that you can pass in. Mm -hmm. Sit down and shut up and Just listen. Be quiet. Just, Just listen. Be quiet. Listen and learn. Yeah. And then spread your knowledge elsewhere. Elsewhere. Literally, I mean, it's not that your knowledge isn't needed. It's just not needed right here. Yeah, wrong we space. Are, we're here. We're already there, bruh. Right. And, Go like, we're friends with you there. because we're in the same space. Yeah. Like, we talk to you because we're in that same space. So, like, take it elsewhere. Right. And the last thing I'll, I'll touch on with this subject is... Um, I was watching another TikTok. And... There was one take this, I was, there was this black man talking about like a conversation he had with a friend, a male friend. Mm. And the way he described it was so poignant in that we, we, when we say, when people say pro-life, like what is life? What is life mm. that you have to decide which someone can have or not? Like what he was saying was life is a philosophical and religious discussion like yeah. that is something that is not that is not rights like there's life and there's rights rights are for people who are on the earth functioning sentient beings navigating the world yeah they sh they should have rights yeah but to determine where life begins is a philosophical question that you can talk to your religious leaders about till the cows come home that's fine but that doesn't have a place in this discussion mm -mm. because that is totally up to anyone and honestly when we talk about life like it's rooted in philosophy and religion so when you talk about being pro-life you can't distinguish you can't be necessarily pro-life and say it has nothing to do with religion yeah because like, they're also changing the terms continuously right it, they're like however it suits at six months life starts when you see the fingers life starts at four debatable. week life starts like there is debatable it's very very just like yeah it's debatable and it's they're taking away the rights of living sensual beings like you were saying like you have women that are living and breathing that you're now taking the rights away from to mm -hmm give rights to this bundle of cells 
that doesn't pay taxes <laughs> did not vote you guys in. You think in a capitalistic society that would, would be, be like, first case and foremost, right? Like you're about you could potentially lose a mother who will give you mother money for like a child that will give you nothing and only take. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and that's a huge thing too, but it's also, it's so funny because it's the same thing as pro-choice. Like pro-choice does not mean pro-death. You know, like there are Mm -hmm. so many people that are like, I could never, but that's my prerogative. It's not my business what other people want to do. That's not why it's called pro-choice. I'm saying that. You can choose what to do with your Pro body. Pro choice doesn't mean everyone's getting forced abortions. No. It's literally like for those cases, those individuals who choose that this is not the time in their life yeah. to raise a child, they should have the freedom and the rights to do that. It just fully just means like it's none of my business. have the freedom and the rights to pop out as many crotch fruit as you want. <laughs> That's all up to you but yeah. for you to just be like i don't want to have an abortion so nobody can have yeah. an abortion. does that that make that does, that's a man especially thing. for men like you wouldn't even have the choice one way or the other that's like a man saying if i can't have you no one can yeah that's domestic violence mm. honestly for you to say that and say pro-life is the only way to go mm-hmm. is so narrow-minded selfish because it has nothing to do with you, but you're making it about you. And I have no right to dictate what anyone wants to do with their self. And you would think, like, people who are right-wing that are saying, hands off my guns, let me have yeah. choice to do, so I can choose. Um, I'm not going like, to wear a mask, my body, my choice. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you even use that phrase and then mm-hmm. turn around and say... Well, not get vaccinated, my body, my choice. So you can choose because you're on this earth, right? You're right. a sentient being yeah. who's paying taxes and doing yeah. all that shit but now but your sp- uterus is a vessel so you're speaking on the in the internal organs of another human being and that has nothing to do with you and like Heike, having a baby puts you in fucking debt it's it is expensive to have a baby in our country to have and raise a, raising a child costs two hundred thousand dollars Literally, India, popping a baby out of your vagina in a hospital is Mm $3,000. Just going to a hospital to have a child is three grand, right then and there. Just right out there. Right then and there. Like, the kid not even out yet. Once once you check in... You're at a good 1500 That yeah. head comes out, once it crowns, you're at 23 yeah. yep. Cut the umbilical, full three grand. Don't stay more than 24 hours, because oh. that's another 1500 a yeah. night. Like, what the fuck? Like, military, yes, great. So, so happy for them. Mm-hmm. But, like, everyday citizens, it is more inexpensive to get in your bathtub, hope for the best, and have your child then in there. And, and that is trauma. That is so terrifying for our country. So terrifying. But here's the thing. And this is another thing. I said this was, that was going to be the last thing I said. <laughs> it's not. But here it is. <laughs> what I learned recently was that even... Because, you know, it's so dangerous for many women to even go through um, labor. Yeah. And, like, to actually physically give birth, right? And uh, mortality rates jumped astronomically when they transitioned from midwives to institutional doctors Mm. from being able to have a midwife in your home give birth the mortality rates were so really yeah and then all of a sudden some dude got obsessed with having looking at a woman push (laughs) out a baby with a full frontal in his face right like i watched uh there's a show called um 
uh, call the midwife mm-hmm. at, on Netflix. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> I learned a lot. Okay. Um, but like just to see how they were doing it, and like it's so, um, it's customized for yeah. the woman. They were able to like have custom treatments and processes, and now we've gone into this um, industrial mode where everything has to be a cookie cutter. Yeah. And one solution for everyone, and that's where it gets dangerous. But it's all to make money. Yeah. It's all to get it through this system of profit. And that's where we think profit over people is taking a reign. But then we're also talking about everyone not wanting to have abortions. And yeah. And you're thinking, well, where's the profit? Um, yeah. I mean, it's nuanced. It's messy. And it also is something. It's a, it's a conflict that we are creating. It's a yeah. conflict that we as a human group of people are creating for ourselves. If we would just give people the freedom to live their lives without causing detrimental physical, mental, emotional harm on another being, yep. we could all live probably much more satisfying lives. But it's all been set up in a way where we have to produce something for this larger entity in order to be considered valuable. And even yeah. then, when we do produce, we don't get shit. Yeah. So we're still not valued. We're just producers. It's, and that's where I, I go into an existential crisis. Yeah, I know. It gets very Handmaid's Tale after that. <laughs> yeah, and it's honestly. like, it's, you know, to your point, it's this cookie-cutter solution. And it's just, there. there's so many nuances. And I know that you know that, too. But it's just like, even the way that our country works with our economy right now. Like people are having babies later, right? Because you have to be more financially stable than you did 20 years ago. And it's harder to be more financially stable enough for a baby now than it was back then. So even if mentally, you know, I'm 30 and now if I'm like, I want to have a baby now that I'm 30 and could take care of my baby, my body biologically mm-hmm. is still back in the freaking 1800s. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, we're out of safe baby making zone. <laughs> now you're high risk. Yeah. Right. And it's like scientifically, And mentally, the window doesn't stack up. And then you now have this cookie-cutter approach where I'm going to be treated the same as a ripe 18-year-old having a baby. And it's like, it's different. It puts me at risk. Like, my body is going to handle childbirth a lot different than an 18-year-old's would because that's just how science works, too. Yeah. And, like, our country does not support that either. It doesn't back the research to say this is how we take care of different types of people. Yeah. So. I mean, it's incredibly problematic. Um, <laughs> America? Problematic? Uh, I know. Newsflash. Hot take of the century. <laughs> we are a scourge upon this earth, if you didn't know. You heard it here first. America's <laughs> problematic. Yep, plot twist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we've covered a lot of hefty topics <laughs> Anyway, here. Jesus is a child murderer. Yeah, Jesus was a child murderer. <laughs> um, that was really what we were talking yeah. about. Um, and then we got into some other good stuff. Yeah. So, I think this is a great... Time to wrap this podcast episode up. Yes. With a nice improvised wrap up country song. Country song. Yes. Have you not listened to the episodes so far? No, I don't think I finished them. Wow. Well, this is this is unsettling. How do you <laughs> oh, I can't believe I even brought you on here and oh, you yeah, have so to I've listened podcast. to most of them. No, you would you you I think you have only probably ever done that once with Dom. Probably twice. Okay. (laughs) All right. So what we're going to do is Uh we're going to take turns saying a verse of a country song. Any country song. No, not we're making it up. Okay. So I'm just going to 
spit a verse yeah. in country, and then you're going to pick it up, and you're going to spit a verse. <laughs> I'm not great at this. We're going to have fun. <laughs> okay. So Are you we'll, picking, we'll like, the take, tune? We'll do two turns. Yeah. Okay, go. Okay, ready? I'm, no, but okay. Yeah, well, get ready. <laughs> yeah. I woke up today, couldn't get out of bed. I was really sad because I couldn't sleep with my guns tonight. This is my turn. I'm just looking at you. Yeah. But I still don't have my guns. But what I want to do is take a bite. Take a bite of this Chick-fil-A sandwich. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A fries, too, with their special sauce. I need six packs of sauce. But, but they only gave you five. And then I'll turn around and get that extra piece of sauce. <laughs> well, that's of- that. All right, have a <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, and don't forget, always go back for that extra piece of sauce. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> that was chaos.